Hi, I'm Yushuan Su. And I'm Connor Campbell. You're listening to Into the Unknown. Good morning or good afternoon, depending on where you are in the world at this point in time. We are back with another podcast. As you can probably tell, or at least in the, in the next few minutes, it's uh, just myself and you, Sean, again, which is nice. Hello. Um, <laughs> hopefully you guys managed to tune into the last one. Uh, we appreciate the feedback already. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, we, we took about five weeks off and you guys have literally jumped straight back on listening to the podcast. So very much appreciated. Please keep that feedback rolling in so we can basically keep the content coming out. Uh, and if you guys have any topics that you want us to cover, any guests that you want us to bring on, even if it's the person that's actually giving us the feedback, then please feel free. That'd be pretty shameless. Hey, I think <laughs> you should have me on yeah. the podcast. <laughs> the podcast is really good, but you know what would make it better? <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, actually, someone actually said that to me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, on the podcast. you know what? I uh, I appreciate your honesty. Maybe we should bring <laughs> them on. Anyway, uh, first of all, let's quickly go through your last competition. This will set us up nicely for what I want to talk about in uh, today's podcast. How, how was the comp on the weekend? Which, by the way, I, had, I have no idea what we're going to talk about today because I kind of threw a curveball at Connor last week. So he thought he'd do the same thing and take me by surprise yeah that's it uh what was your question how's the last competition absolutely it was good man it was good it was an international that i was kind of using as sort of a prep run or a build-up run to the my kind of main main goal of of the rest of the season which is a sort of bigger uh, long format international at the end of the month uh, at Osbiton International. So it, this was Cornbury House and I was using it for this horse as sort of a final final prep run before before Osbiton in a couple of weeks. And um, yeah, I was really happy with how it went, to be honest. We scored a good dressage and we were in second place overnight after the dressage. And then a little bit unlucky in the show jumping, um, I thought, had a couple of poles which dropped to standard placings, but then the cross country, which was sort of my main my main um, objective of going there was to get a good run cross country and be build up and be confident for Osbiton and that just like, it went super like everything just fell in place and made it feel easy to be honest um, and came in the in the top 20 so yeah happy days lovely stuff and Osbiton is kind of the the mark of the end of the season right oh yeah it's the end of season party man <laughs> that's what that's we what, go for <laughs> that's where we all go to be honest yeah. the, whereabouts the is Osbiton? Happy hour. it's in it's near nottingham i think oh okay okay awesome well this brings us on nicely to the topic that i kind of want to get into and we have spoken about this topic multiple times especially as you were a uni student or, or uh, a student athlete as you were and obviously now having graduated from multiple degrees, not just your undergrad, but also your master's. Um, I feel like it's going to be quite nice to sort of delve into it. So where I really want to start is, um, first of all, the topic that I wanted to bring up was how to create an identity outside of your sport, uh, which is a big topic. <laughs> You're like, what? That's what heavy, you... man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, and the reason I the reason I want to bring this up is just because I think the conversation that we've had you shed a lot of interesting light on the, on the the conversation and I think regardless of what point you are in your career whether you're a student athlete or whether you do this full time like you do now um, I think you'll be able to you know offer some words of advice um, maybe even be able to guide people towards resources or or whatever so i guess first things first is let's go back to 
when you were a uni student and also riding we've obviously discussed this but how did you find first of all the transition from being a university student to no longer having that kind of student mm. athlete identity that yeah so many people at university have yeah well that definitely took me by surprise mm. and i was not <clears throat> i had no idea you know I, it didn't come across my mind that there would be even a transition or there'd be any difference um and i sort of finished uni and went full-time as it were with the riding in would have been 2021 yeah. which was an interesting time as well because of lockdown and everything and sort of uh, professional sports just just coming back after I think it was the first lockdown and yeah I in my head I thought you know now that I've finished uni I can focus just fully focus on the riding and you know what it within my consideration it was just the fact that I'll have more time to train and I'll have more time to prepare yeah. for competitions and there'll be fewer distractions. But actually what I found when I got there was that, yes, that, that was all true. And actually my riding and not just riding, like my understanding of the sport and my understanding of the horses kind of improved a lot in quite a short period of time because, like I said, I did have much more time to focus and dedicate to the horses and my riding and the sport. And etc but one of the biggest challenges i found was that that was if i wasn't careful that was all i had and i was becoming the only thing that i was doing and the only thing that i had in the mm. you know before i would go up to the horses and stay and train um say on the thursday or the wednesday evening and stay for the rest of the week and compete on the weekend and then go back to uni on the Monday. And regardless of how the weekend's competition went, you know, I might have gotten a placing, I might have done very well, I might have fallen off. Mm. Regardless of what result I got or, you know, how I performed or how, how everything went, on the Monday I go back to uni and I have to focus on that. And it's something to sort of not fall back on, but another another big thing to think about and focus on because that was also you know quite challenging especially when you know you've got a dissertation due mid-season and <laughs> you're traveling and competing and stuff as well which were challenges in themselves but then I didn't realize how much that did for me in yeah. the sense of like when I went sort of when, when there wasn't that uni element and there wasn't that student element of going back to London and you know back to lectures and seminars and focusing on my reading and then my social life there as well and then sort of then going back to the riding again later on in the week when it was just mm -hmm. the horses and just the riding you know I might have had a, a bad performance over the weekend or, or a competition didn't go well and then we get back on the Monday and that's kind of all I thought about you know yeah um, and it would sort of stick with me, you know, for the rest of the week until the next competition. And, and, and I realized that actually I was sort of because almost because there was nothing else to focus on. I was putting without realizing I was putting a lot of pressure on on myself and on this specific part of of my life that's becoming my entire life. But it's kind of all consuming there because. I wasn't careful I didn't realize it was sort of taking over and like I was dwelling on things a lot more and so I think that was the biggest challenge in making the shift from um, leaving uni to doing it professionally. I suppose as well it's slightly different in your respect because although the university you know they had uh, an equestrian team you weren't super involved in that team right whereas say if you were you were playing rugby or football or whatever it might be you might be somewhat involved in actually playing at that level but the difficulty is you know you can't you wouldn't you weren't able to like bring your horses just oh yeah no worries i'll just bring them down to london for the day to <laughs> you know so logistically it, i suppose in that respect it it was it was a lot harder and 
I think you and Elsa uh, share quite similar stories that it, you know, it's not as easy as just like, not, maybe not, maybe not, not, maybe easy is not the right word, but logistically it, it didn't, it just didn't make sense that whilst you were at uni, you were able to actually compete or, or do anything with, with the university's team. And so I suppose you were somewhat fortunate in the respect that you were actually you were practicing what you were doing once university had finished. Whereas I find like some people um, that I, that I coach, they're at, they're, they're university athletes and after university, you know, they're very good at university, but then there's obviously quite a steep drop off after university because one, they don't have the structure in place that they would have at university, um, which is something that I want to go into with you, actually, is it's obviously not just on the athletes, right? Obviously, it's important for the athletes to, like, prepare, like, grow their mindset and be able to figure out their own identity. But at the same time, the industry as a whole and the leadership structures around athletes should also be focused on that transition um mm. do you do you think that like or at least did uh did your equestrian team did they sort of prepare you for the steps to transition from you know being a student athlete or you know did you get any kind of support or education around like listen this is what's going to happen when you're when you're at university but like once university's done like you know was there a difference there or were they sort of like um not really i mean <laughs> i was i was and am actually very lucky you know at the time when i was at university the only reason that i was able to to do that and, and be at uni in london and then also go up to leicestershire and do the horses and compete and and you know do relatively well like the only reason i was able to sustain that was because i had a really really good team around me and i had yeah. a really good sort of support group and support network in that you know i knew that from monday to wednesday or whatever while i was at uni and i was in london the horses were looked after completely uh, and they were mm. prepared um and you know everything was prepared for me for when i did get there and i went to the competition so it was all sort of set up in a way where I could just come in and out, um, yeah. which, you know, isn't normal for the sport, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, I, I don't think I was, I definitely wasn't prepared to make that transition. And, and I was, I didn't realize how sort of, I didn't realize what the challenges were going to be. Uh, neither did most people, I think. And yeah. because, you know, it's, and I think it's the case for a lot of sports, a lot of athletes is that um, if you choose to do the sport professionally from sort of quite a young age, most people don't, you know, don't go to uni or they, they've dedicated themselves to the sport, like after they finish school and, and you know, they don't, they don't do anything or go into anything else. Um, so it's actually quite a, unique experience in that not many people not many people do it um so i think not many people had the kind of insight to what it might have been like and what the potential challenges were not just logistically obviously but like also sort of psychologically and how how to overcome them yeah so a lot of it actually i had to kind of just um work on myself and think yeah. about what i was doing and now we go into kind of working on yourself, which you made a really interesting point that, you know, although you also say you work on yourself and you, you had some some help sort of preparing the horses, I want to kind of get into as well some of the support that you have outside of your traditional, you know, your coach teaching you how to ride the horses, your mm -hmm. s &C coach, Allah, me, teaching you how to, you know, be a little bit, more supported in the saddle, whatever it might be. But outside of that scope, um, also want to talk a little bit about, you know, 
your sort of psychology, uh, like the psychological help that you get as well. Um, obviously, I don't want to get into like the specifics, but what I'd like to know is like, do you think that that's also the role of the psychology practitioner to be able to sort of help you guide and figure out a path of your career, not just in the sport, but also like outside of the sport? Or do you think that that is because the way the way I see it is that I think a lot of sports nowadays have realized that athletes will not be athletes forever. And it's important to realize that. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it can all, it can sometimes be a difficult conversation to have because you're then also saying to that athlete, well, you know, we need to think about what comes next, but sometimes that could put like a negative spin on things because you're thinking like, what are they trying to say? They're trying to say that I'm done or something. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but kind of going back to my original question, uh, in terms of the practitioners that you have around you, you know, the SSC, the, I don't know why I say the SSC, me, I guess, um, <laughs> you know, your uh, riding coaches, uh, your psychologists, that sort of thing. How much of a role do you think they play in being able to support you, not just in your sport, but also in other aspects of your of your life? Yeah, um, I, I think a lot of it is kind of uh, like I was kind of alluding to is sort of a, a has been for me at least has been a kind of journey on my own and sort of figuring out not just what I want to do, but that, that, that is a part of it, figuring out, you know, what I want to do long term, you know, if, if this is something I want to continue to do, which it is, but also whilst I'm doing whatever I'm doing, like who who do I want to be as a as a person? And I know that sounds quite quite vague, but I think the point here is that like you were kind of kind of um alluding to was that, you know, you can get so tied up and 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 so sort of caught up with what you're doing. Mm. Um especially if it's something that's very consuming whether that's time consuming or or you know it takes up a lot of your time and energy and and your effort um such as sport you know working in professional sport it's it it is intense it's not you know a clock in clock out kind of job like doesn't have that kind of balance like you have to put a lot into it if you love it and you want to be good and you want to be the best you can be you know it's a sort of unbalanced amount of disproportionate amount of time and effort you kind of have to put into it and then you sort of fall into the danger of not knowing you know who you are outside of that sport I feel yeah. and so that was the sort of main main thing for me because you know when and I think I, I want to like emphasize the fact that it's not this isn't at all exclusive to like sports people and athletes and stuff like there are you know any anything could you know any job could get could get you so sort of consumed within it um that you sort of don't don't quite understand or, or remember you know your own identity outside mm -hmm. of outside of that role and it is a role you know like people even my team around me you know obviously you're different because you're you're my mate but um <laughs> you know people around such as uh you know riding coaches and, and the support yeah. team and stuff like that um to them i'm a rider like that's the role that i play within the team and that's the yeah. role that i play sort of within this community and within this environment but actually if you take that all away um it took me a while to sort of realize and figure out actually you still need to be yourself if that makes sense um yeah outside of all these roles that you're playing and it became clear for me was when i was when i broke my leg and could no longer ride for half a year or whatever it was and i kind of my first feeling was that 
you know, I, I don't have a, a purpose now, as it were, you know, I don't, because my purpose at the time was, it was the start of the season, my purpose at the time was, was to ride and, and, and compete and sort of get to the Olympic qualifiers and stuff like that. And all of that was just thrown out the window. And yeah. so then actually I couldn't, I didn't know what I was meant to do. And because I didn't know what I was meant to do, I didn't know, it sounds a bit deep, but it, it isn't really. Like I just didn't know who I was as a person and that, you know, what I had to offer. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm sure that a lot of people can actually relate, um, especially with with lockdown and, and everything, you know, shutting off all of a sudden and mm. getting all of that pulled away from you. Um, and then the other side of that is that when that is my like what I'm doing has become my identity and who I am or who I feel I am. Yeah. When it's not going well, say like when competitions are going badly, you know, I'm getting bad results or the horses aren't going that well or me or the horses are injured, you know, that affects or affected sort of my perception of my identity. Like it really made me, you know, question or, or second guess who I am as a person, not just as that role, like we were saying, that I was playing. Um, so those are some of the, I guess the pitfalls of, of before I had to really think about, you know, how to, how to, how to manage this and how to overcome it. Yeah. And I suppose like that is a totally normal thing to have as well is even in like you, you mentioned really well is, you know, it doesn't matter if you're just an athlete, you know, there's going to come a time where work doesn't go so well, you know, same as your career as an athlete, like training doesn't go so well or competitions don't go so well. And um, it's, it's important to have stuff, obviously you don't want to hide behind that and go, oh, well, it doesn't matter because you need to ultimately try and fix the problem, right? If it can be fixed, but there's other things that you can sort of, um, I guess, delve into if things don't go well. One of the things that uh, I often have to have conversations with some of my weightlifters is that although you are a weightlifter, you are not just a weightlifter. Mm. And I think yeah. it's a very difficult position to put yourself in because if the only thing that you have uh, is I'm a weightlifter, what happens if that doesn't go well? It's exactly mm. what you were just alluding to is if it doesn't go well, well, one, you're probably not going to enjoy it. If you're not going to enjoy it, you're probably not going to stick around for very long if you're not going to stick around for very long what do you do next and you have this almost identity crisis of like oh shit so all i am is a weightlifter um yeah. you know and it to be honest with you it's not that serious you know obviously it's not for that me deep, bro. it's not that deep bro you know for me i'm never going to earn money doing weightlifting Coaching weightlifting is different, but doing weightlifting, I will never earn money from it. So I'm in a fortunate position that I have the I get to pay for the privilege to lift. Whereas if you're paid to lift, it's a very different type of pressure and identity that comes with that. Having said that, I still think it's important to remember that you don't have to take it so seriously all the time. Yeah. There's going to come a time where you need to take it seriously because it's your job. You know, the same as me, I take my job very seriously, but at the same time, I realize that if I don't enjoy my job, I'm not going to be good at it regardless mm -hmm. of how hard I work because I won't enjoy it. I think that's one of the reasons why coaching really appealed to me is that it's easy to enjoy don't get me yeah. wrong. It's fucking hard sometimes, but it's easy to enjoy. Yeah. Um, and I feel privileged that I'm able to kind of help people on a daily basis. Uh, having said that, what I want to get into is what are a few things that you have done? And obviously I already know one because this is exactly what we're doing is the podcast is one mm. of them, right? Is what are some of the things that you have done? What since graduating university, 
and I want to get into education in a separate topic, but in terms of hobbies, in terms of like creating social circles, which I think are super important outside of having, you know, you're not just a rider, you know, you're not just an equestrian athlete, at least to me, you're not just an equestrian athlete. And I think that's, that's (laughs) touching on the topic of, you know, having hobbies and having a social circle outside of just your rider friends. So yeah. I, want to go I mean, that. it's so easy to, like I was saying, to get, not necessarily, it's, I make it sound like a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing to be consumed by what you do and to be wrapped up in, uh, in that circle, in that community as well. Because, you know, especially now, like every weekend we're, we're out somewhere competing yeah. and staying away at the competition and staying and seeing the same people. You know, the same riders and the same, the same teams. And, you know, so obviously we are all, all friends and it's like one big community and it's great. And um, we're like, I don't know, we're like traveling nomads or gypsies or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, for it's, it's a weird sort of aspect of, you know, for a good nine, 10 months of the month uh, of the year, we're, we're going to the same places and seeing the same people and um it's a bit it's a bit mad what we do but you know meeting the same group of people in a different field every weekend and um but yeah i think for me that kind of uh makes you fall or made me fall into again that danger of wrapping your entire identity and and as a result your kind of self-belief and your self-worth um in the sport and and what you're doing and you know how good you are at it Mm. and that sort of thing and and you know inevitably people in that bubble in those circles that's who they see you as as well yeah um so I realized it was really important for me to sort of have things a little bit outside of, of horses and, and the sport as well. Um, that uh, And the biggest realization actually, and, and I think a lot of people are scared to do that because they feel like it could take away from, from you know, your, your sport, it could take away from your training. But realistically, like there's only so much you can do and there's also a danger of doing too much right and yeah you know tra- overtraining or overanalyzing overthinking and then mm. also because you don't have things outside of it you know you end up like i was saying you put too too much pressure on yourself you're over pressuring the situation of of, of getting good performances and being good as a rider because that's all you think you are um so to answer your question like what other stuff do i do like there's obviously this podcast, um, which, you know, at, for at least an hour a week kind of takes me away from, from the horses and from, from the sport and gets my mind on different things. And, you know, I do a lot of reading as well. Um, I, I think that's, that's, that's a good sort of escape as well as a good way of, I like to still be involved in in the world you know yeah still not just live in this little bubble so you know um reading uh from all different sort of areas and stuff like that and keeping up with with sort of current affairs and politics which annoy the shit out of some people but you know i like to stay i like to stay informed um and then this is this is you know making more of an effort or more of a conscious effort and choice to have uh, and contribute to the sort of social circles outside of outside of the sport and outside of eventing and horses you know with you guys and you know because there is a a big world outside believe Mm -hmm. it or not um and i have friends like that have real jobs and um that's not me, by the way. I don't have a real job. No, no, not you. Like, <laughs> <I'm> a... <laughs> um, but, you know, um, making sure that I still make an effort to 
to you know catch up with my friends and keep in touch with my friends like outside of the sport even during the season when it gets really busy like I think it is really important to still yeah have those um sort of people around you who don't just know you as a rider and don't judge your worth as a rider you know because that's really important uh at least for me to have these reminders as people around me um who actually know me as a person you know and and actually kind of like me as a person that helps as well um because then then i'm not just being judged on on my results and my performance you know um and yeah. yeah i think we all we all get that feeling of you know when you're with a group of your best mates and you just sat around just talking and joking and laughing like and, and it doesn't matter like what you're doing with your life you know it doesn't matter what your job is whether like we, we're all just there for each other yeah um i think that is super super important and then you know just doing things that you know you like you know doing things that you know makes you happy you know for me that's for example that's that's going to gigs you know like mm. listening to live music and, and having that aspect which i've really kind of neglected over the last couple of years but this year i think i think it might have crammed too much into a short space of time um but you know making a more conscious effort to do the things that you know make you happy um even if it's making you happy sort of for a short period of time because over time like that adds up right and i've found that it's got to be riding better because because yeah, i'm in a better place in my head like i'm not putting so much pressure on it and stuff like that having said all of that like people who get to ride horses for a living um much like you know i'm sure you can agree what you do and like we we have very 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 little to complain about oh yeah i mean you know obviously we make sacrifices we we, we work very hard and but at the end of the day like come on like we're doing something we love and we're doing something we love we get to call it a job we get to make some money out of it and you know for me like i'm outside i'm with horses like i'm doing a sport and doing something that i've loved as a kid and calling it a job you know like there's nothing that it's very first world problem that my little uh moans and bitches and complaints so. <laughs> we can still complain about it though <laughs> oh yeah no happily i think you you got you actually got into a lot of a lot of really good tidbits that people can take away of you know if you're happy in yourself you're not always but you're probably far more likely to be able to be compete better because you put less pressure hundred percent hundred percent and you know like and I, I joke about it at the end, and it's a bit tongue in cheek, but genuinely, like the competitions where I do the best is not ones where I'm like so focused and tunnel visioned and and you know, it's the ones where I show up to the competition like, wow, this is this is sick. I love this. Yeah. And and you realize like, oh, you're around, you're around friends, you're you're at you're doing something that you love. And it's a really good atmosphere and, yeah. you know, a good sort of vibe to the competition. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm really enjoying this. And, and I love this place. And, I, and that's, those are the ones where actually I'm, I'm riding at my best as well. Because I guess as well, you know, when you are happy and let's say hypothetically, even if, even if training isn't going well, but you're just mentally in a good, in a good mental headspace, right? You've, you've hung out with friends and whatever. Um, I think it's important with that, because like you just mentioned with, with the riding, you know, you go into that race or um, yeah, you go in with a slightly different mindset. You know, like it's not the case of I'm worried about the outcome. It's just the case of I'm just enjoying now, like what's happening right now in the race. You know, you're yeah. not, it's not just uh, maybe not even, the, you know, maybe not even the outcome. You just like, oh yeah, this, this event is sick. 
you know that's mm. all that's all that matters um one thing you also mentioned as well in terms of like your social circle between having friends outside as well as having friends within the, the equestrian world is i something that i massively resonate on in um just the weightlifting world as well you know obviously a lot of my friends have come from the weightlifting club but one thing that even i mentioned last week was you know you become who you surround yourself with and mm, if you don't yeah, like the, true, actually. if you don't like the people that you surround yourself with or if you don't like yourself then maybe you need to take a look externally and have a look at you know look at the people that you're you're hanging around with because well that explains um why you're such a great guy oh yeah it's not me it's just the friends it's, around it's me that me. are so great yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um yeah another thing as well you know you mentioned the gigs and stuff like it's okay to let go to do something new you know ultimately it's your life like you need to be happy doing it because if you're not then it's you're not living your own life mm. you know you're not living by your rules you're not living by your standards um and yeah all right one more thing i want to get into which is kind of on the topic of uh i guess the social circle kind of tying it all in neatly is at the very start we mentioned about you know you being i guess a student athlete um so I want to get into the role of education. So the role of not just in terms of you going to school, but in terms mm. of the education of athletes on here's what you can do after sport or, okay, so you've learned all these skills now in sport, but what can you actually do with them outside yeah. of riding horses, kicking a, kicking a ball, you know, whatever. I think a lot of people easily would, would do what? Fall into coaching, right? Because it's easy. Yeah. Um, but what happens yeah. if you don't want to do that? What happens if you want to get get away from a change? So let's attack this from kind of two angles. First one, <clears throat> what I'd like to talk about is the stuff you did at uni and, you know, kind of, I guess, the importance on, at least to me, I knew you as first a university student. Um, then I figured out you were doing ethics. And then the rest came later. You were an equestrian rider and so on and so forth. So what do you think, first of all, uh, the role in like education plays in having education as, I, I don't want to get my words minced here, maybe not like um, a plan B, but like, mm. you know, do you think it's important to have something to be able to actually excel in academically and professionally outside of you know your sporting career um that's a really good question I, I, and you know to be honest i don't know like mm. i can only speak for myself in which i i've always had sort of my interests in what i studied um when i did my undergrad in philosophy as well as when i did my master's in bioethics and sort of my academic interests and sort of what what really got me going in, in that field like that was always very separate to to my sport yeah to my other main interest you know my yeah. sport um, and the two have always been separate you know a lot of people go into uni studying something related to um you know if they want to do sports something related to their sport um to kind of supplement that um but that wasn't that wasn't the kind of direction i went and to be honest with you it's because i don't i don't i just don't think like i didn't put much thought into the fact that i didn't know that this was where i was going to be yeah in the you know i didn't know that i was i would i would have been able to you know ride horses for a living and, and call it my job and, and play play this game like for professionally um you know and, and with that like I would have also been happy doing something else you know I would have also been happy maybe in a health policy job or, or something like that or working in pharmaceuticals or, or 
you know, something outside of, of sports and something that's related to what I was studying, um, because that was also a big and separate interest and, and passion of mine. Um, and I think for me, that gave me the choice, like gave me options to, for, in terms of which direction I did want to go and what I, what I wanted to do as a job and as a career and, and with my life and not saying I won't ever change my mind, but that's, this is kind of what I've, what I've chosen. And actually on the, on the tough days as well, you know, when, when it's a bit of a grind and a slog and it's, it's a bit cold and wet and miserable and I want to stay in bed. Like <laughs> I've actually always found it really helpful to say to myself, like, okay, like I fine, like I don't have to do this. If, yeah, if I yeah. go out there and, you know, put my boots on and get on my horses, like that's, that's my choice. Like I, mm. I don't have to do this. I could quit right now and go do something else. And then when I tell myself that, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, actually I do want to do this. <laughs> and it just, it's a really good way of calming my, uh, calming yourself down and, and actually mm. focusing on what's, what's important and, and realizing that actually, yeah, this is the life that I have chosen because I fucking love it. Um, mm. And on the flip side of that, like I hear from other people and this has not been my experience at all, but you know, I, I hear from a lot of people who, like I said earlier, people who get into, into sport. And I think especially uh, this sport, to be honest, and especially with horses, because perhaps because it is so sort of time and effort and energy consuming um, that people who always knew that they wanted to do this. Yeah. Maybe they weren't so good in school academically at the earlier years as well. And that kind of put them off, but they sort of, always knew that this is what they wanted to do and put all their eggs into this one uh, horsey basket. Um, and as a result, that was the only thing they could do. You know, and yeah. that was their only option. Like they had to succeed. Um, and I've heard that, you know, that is also a good, a good drive, like a good driving factor of, of being successful in, in the sport. I don't know myself because I've, I've not been in that position, but, um, you know, for me, that sounds like you're putting, it's almost unnecessary pressure for you to like have to succeed, you know, mm -hmm. um, especially because so many of those things are out of your control. Like you could be a fucking amazing rider and then fall off and break your leg. Um, like what I did, like not saying I'm an amazing rider, but yeah. I did fall off and break my leg. And that was from factors that were completely out of my control and it could just end like now, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's kind of perspective from both sides, I guess. And for me personally, I think pursuing my, I guess my academic interests and also my interests outside of the sport has been has been good for me, if not anything else, like it's been good for me in finding my own passions and my own sort of what I want to do in life mm. and who I am and what I like to think about and that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. And the last, the last thing I want to get into uh, before I stop barraging you with, uh, with questions this early in the morning, Barrage after, away. No, after no preparation is what about the role of parents? Um, mm -hmm. you know, I often, well, I had conversations in the past when I was working with, when I was at Kings and we, we did some work with schools and you would speak to some of the athletes who are obviously very talented and they would say, oh, no, I don't actually like sport. My, my parents want me to do it, mm. you know, and that happens a lot more often than people would think. Um, yeah. do you think it's, it's important that the parents, or at least how much, how much say do you think the parents have, um, especially in those formative years? Obviously, ultimately, um, it's important that the kid has the choice, but at the same time, if that child can't make a choice, what do the parents do, I guess? Um, yeah, yeah, I guess what I'm alluding to is, is what's the role of the, of the parent in in... in you know, 
creating that identity for you as a child? Mm -hmm. um, I think looking back, I, and I, again, I can only speak from my own experiences. Yeah. But looking back at my sort of childhood and upbringing, I was, I was very lucky. <laughs> I, I have very good parents and they, they did, they did an all right job. You know, I, I turned out okay. <laughs> Um, if I do say so myself, but I, my parents have never, I guess, pushed me um, to to do anything. Yeah. In the, in terms of choosing kind of what sport to do or like what hobbies to pick up or what to study at school, like they've always been very clear to me that it's it has to be my decision and I have to want to do it and so and i remember um quite clearly actually you know growing up my parents always saying to me and, and emphasizing the point that it's not they don't put any pressure on me um to do certain things like it's not the things that i was doing that was important what they kind of did put pressure on me or, or emphasized a lot was sort of those overarching values mm. um and you know beliefs and structure around anything you're doing you know working hard you know trying you know getting stuck in and trying your best and working as hard as you can at doing that thing you know mm. being open-minded you know always trying to learn being honest um those things sort of those bigger values and, and values that I guess applied to whatever you're doing. Those were, those were the important things I think that were, were instilled in me um, from my parents rather than specific hobbies and specific sports or that sort of thing. Um, having said that, whatever I chose to do, they were extremely supportive and are and continue to be extremely supportive of what I choose to do, you know, like my, dad would he, he drove me to every competition and and un understood the sport and you know everything that i was doing like he made sure that he was on top of it as well so so that he could support me mm. and you know he's still now like one of the first if not the first person that i go to for advice um whether that's about my career, about the sport, or just life in general. Like my parents are are still the sort of the first people that I go to um, to to look for some some advice and some direction. And you know, it, I think yeah, to answer your question, like, uh, and I think making it my choice and making sure that I want to do it is also very important. Like you see people who going back again to, to my sport and, and horses, you know, people who grow up around horses, who, who come from a family of parents who are themselves riders um, or themselves, like they compete in, in horse sport and the kid sort of grows up around horses and is sort of immersed in that lifestyle and that sport from a very young age. Um, they don't necessarily make the decision themselves to, to do that. And you see a lot of them, you know, they quit as soon as they hit 13, 14 and realize actually there's a big world outside of this, this mm -hmm. farm. Um, or, or if they stay, like, it's because they've revisited that and made their own decision, made their own mind up about what they want to do and realize that is actually what they love to do. Um, so, yeah, for me, like, because I didn't have that, like, I didn't have um, sort of growing up around horses, blah, blah, like, it was my decision and my parents made sure that it was and those like i was saying those overarching values was what they tried to really instill in me uh, of you know working hard and, and not giving up uh, you know persevering through the good and bad times or that sort of thing and those are things that i'd like to think that i have so yeah brilliant well i appreciate you doing this without any preparation because you had no idea that, that uh, I had this planned. Uh, but I've been wanting to, to get into this topic for 
as you probably know, quite some time because it's been like almost <laughs> every week I'm like, yeah, we should do a podcast on, you know, and I just thought, you know what? Let's just let's, do it. Let's just do it next week. Well, and I think, I think we did all right. I think we did. But I appreciate you sharing some of your profound wisdom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that it helped some people, um, you know, who, who maybe are going through the same thing at the moment who are struggling to to find an identity and 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 um and hopefully this helped and if you would like us to do a couple of episodes on this where we bring on you know more more guests to discuss kind of how they created their identity outside of sport um you know to sort of uh i guess back up the conversation that we just had with you shan please let us know have you got any final comments? Uh, or what you just said, actually, of, of how you create your identity, blah, blah, Like, I just want, and, I, and I'm sure you agree with this as well, like, everyone's, everyone's still trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, we're all trying to get our own shit together. Absolutely. And no one's got their shit together. And if anyone tells you they do, it's, they either don't know that they don't yet, or they're lying to you. I've got my yeah. shit together. Yeah, sure. I'm, I tell you that because I'm lying to myself. <laughs> You've not even got your shit together packed to move to New York tomorrow. So Listen, <laughs> let's not talk about that. <laughs> I've got too much work to do. <laughs> yeah, that's what you better go off and get doing. Yeah, man. But yeah, I appreciate your time. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed the last podcast and this podcast. We will catch you on the ne next episode of Into the Unknown. Bye. See ya. So, Yushuan, do you want to plug where people can find you? Yeah, so on Instagram, I am at yushuan.su.eventing. On Facebook, I am yushuan.su.eventing. And my website is suyushuaneventing.com. What about you, Connor? Mine is at Connor Lift Stuff on Instagram and at Stoic Strength Systems on Instagram. And we was also just set up a Patreon under the same name, Stoic Strength Systems. So give those a follow. I will put the links all down in the description if I figure out how to do it. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you like, share and subscribe to the podcast on wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'll see you next time.